Alright everybody, welcome to episode 2 of my video game podcast. We actually got a name for the podcast now. It is NPC Talk, and I'm super excited because we have a name and an intro song. So, uh, super stoked for that. I wrote the song myself, so if anyone has any, like, critiques or anything, uh, just let me know. Uh, <laughs> I haven't uploaded these anywhere yet, so I'll, I'll give you a link in episode 3 or something. But, um, for now, you know, we'll just roll with it. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, a long-time gamer and a long-time friend, Trevor. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Alright, Trevor. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, as a gamer. You know, how long have you been a gamer for? You know, what kind of <laughs> gamer are you and stuff? <laughs> well, I've been a gamer since I could hold a controller. Um, I was player two in the one-player games with my brother playing uh, everything on the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, while I was growing up. I, uh, I held that second controller even when it wasn't doing anything. And then <laughs> once I learned that there was a, a two-player mode, I was doing that too. Nice. So, yeah, it's been a uh, probably about twenty six years. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I uh, I understand that you have a little bit of uh, game designing experience as well. Uh, not a whole lot. I would <laughs> I would love to say I have game design experience, but all the games I've made have probably gone probably to a thousand people total. Hey, that's 2,000 people better than I have, so... (laughs) Yeah, not very many, but it's still been fun, mainly in the mobile sector. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, I'm actually uh, on the the top charts of Alpha Blaster, so (laughs) if anyone wants to try and beat my score... um, Alpha Blaster, yeah, search it in the App Store. It's my favorite game of the ones I've made. It's got the best music, that's for sure, because I didn't do it. It's a fun game, guys. You try it out. It's a it's a word kind of game, or kind of yeah, yeah, like a like a hangman type. Yeah, sort of like hangman. If you've ever seen the game show Lingo, which I don't think has been on the air for many years now, it's a lot like that too. Mm. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. All right, Trevor. So here on the show, whenever we have a first time guest. Mm-hmm. We uh, we want to get to know our guests a little better, and so we like to ask, uh, and by we I mean me, <laughs> like to ask uh, about you know your top three games and uh, why you like them. Awesome. I um, I guess I'll start with the classic, the undebatable classic Chrono Trigger Ooh. on Super Nintendo. Ooh. Excellent choice. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes favorite for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. Not only was it one of my first RPGs, but it was one of the first RPGs. I mean, there had been Final Fantasy, there had been other RPGs that came out in the States, but it just brought everything to a whole new level, and that's why I have to choose it as my favorite. It not only does new things, but it it does new things so well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think so. Chrono Trigger came out in oh man, there's a lot of release dates, but that, I think it was ninety four or ninety five. Yeah, ninety five is the first release date. Um, so when you play it now in twenty fifteen, like you'll mm-hmm. see, like oh, you know, this thing, the the story is like really cool, or like oh, the the graphics are really cool, but yeah. it's kind of hard to see, but. When you played it 20 years ago in 95, the story was, like, phenomenal. It was a next-level type of, um, like, story that they were introducing to you. It was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the graphics were also, I believe, like, beyond its time as well. Yeah, very cutting edge. That, um, like, Luminaire, I still remember, that just blew my mind when I first saw it. Oh, man, Luminaire was... Was I was like, how, how did they even do that? <laughs> it, yeah, I mean the the whole game from from start to finish just kind of blew my mind. But there were there were certain aspects like the music, mm. just phenomenal. I still listen to the music. I still enjoy the graphics. It just held up so well over the I hate to say twenty years. 
All right, so um, I guess with Corner Trigger, let's start with the the plot. So what do you like about the way the game kind of runs and its flow? I think the the biggest thing for me, and I, I suppose I should say spoiler alert for the next few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job, good job. <laughs> the, the biggest thing for me is that there really isn't a defined way of playing the game. I mean, there's like the first... The first half of the plot is mandatory. You go through it, you you beat Magus, you go back to the past, mm-hmm. you, you see Lavos come down. Uh, again, big spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chrono dies. <laughs> oh, and what the heck? <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> but then you're left there, and you're like, okay, you can go kill Lavos, or you can do whatever you want. And there's eight different side missions that you can do, and they're all huge. Yeah. Like. They're, they're big plot points, but you can just skip them. It doesn't even matter. And for me at the time, that was kind of crazy that I just lost the main character and I could go on without him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I could go find him again. Or I could go plant a huge forest or, or anything like that. And the first time playing through, I just thought, wow, this is cool. There are so many choices. But then the second time playing through, I learned each one of these affects the ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it like that combined with the new game plus system, um, it was just like it, it added so many different different uh, aspects to the game. Different, I would say, the replayability was huge. Yeah, not yeah. just for the gameplay, but for the plot too. Mm-hmm. Because every time you went back and you saw a new ending, you learned a little bit more about the characters. Maybe you would talk with somebody new, or you do it in a different order, and it's just it was. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so continuing with the spoiler alerts, um, mm. one of the so I guess like an example of what's really neat about the way the plot runs is the main bad guy is Lavos, and right. you know you you have to kill him. And so in in the normal progression of the game, you travel to you travel through time, you get stronger, you you know meet people, get better items, and then you beat Lavos um, like in his like weird time warp thing mm-hmm. future but in new game plus you're you start the game over being as strong as you were when you finished the game already <laughs> and so you can you start at the very beginning in the millennial fair and you can just warp straight to lavos and like destroy <laughs> him and that's one of the secret endings that you can get and like that that's insane like back then like you wouldn't ever think of like hey, let me just start over, and, like, when you first kind of, like, experienced the final boss but had no idea what it was, you can just do that and then kill him. And it's like, oh, like, oh, I did not, you know, expect that. But, you know, they they thought it through in, in that sense, and it's really cool. It is cool. It almost feels like cheats that are built into the game with the game plus. <laughs> yeah. But then they thought through these cheats, and they incorporated them into the game. So if you go back and you beat Lavos right in the beginning, you get a cool ending. But if you wait until, again, spoiler alert, until it looks like the uh, the little green imp dudes in the past are going to take over. Yeah, and yeah. And you kill Lavos, then it turns out they do take over. And you see an ending where it's little green dudes everywhere. And they win. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that are ruling the earth because you killed Lavos when Lavos would have killed them. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they, they took the plot and they, they built it in with all these mechanics seamlessly. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to uh, continue on about, like, you kind of mentioned the non, non-linearness non of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you were mentioning, like, there's uh, there's side plots, and then you don't have to do them, but they still affect the story. And I think, like, I'm, I'm not sure if there was any other game at that time that had that, like, level of, like, non-linearity. Yeah, yeah. Probably the closest thing I can think of is Final Fantasy VI, yeah. uh, the one with Locke. Because right. uh, spoiler, a little spoilers on that game, but uh, like the, <laughs> the world kind of like goes into chaos, and then you end up with uh, Locke by himself, and then you kind of like can do whatever you want, but there's kind of like you need to do a certain amount of things before you can like finish the game. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, but in Chrono Trigger, it's not these feel like more. Like, you don't have to do them. You have the choice, I guess. Where, I mean, you do kind of have the choice in Final Fantasy VI, but it, like, I don't know. It, it didn't feel um, right. 
as free as Chrono Trigger gave it to you. Yeah, and then the um, I mean the side quests in Chrono Trigger they have they have such a big impact, or at least a, a couple of them feel really, really impactful. And not only your party like getting Chrono back, or uh, also your your items and your skills and everything like that. So if like the uh, the Green Dream one, mm, yeah, that was a big one for me. Not only was it cool learning more about Robo and 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 Luka or Luca or however you pronounce it, but <laughs> it also like it changes her storyline completely depending on if you if you know the code and if you can actually oh. input it correctly, which was the bane of me. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I. Okay, spoiler alerts, guys. But <laughs> I screwed that side quest up a lot. When I played it, I played I played Chrono Trigger about like twenty times through, and there's a lot of times where I did not get the right code, and it was brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, they don't give you a save point for probably like fifteen minutes before that. Yeah, or or five minutes. I don't. It felt like a long time. Yeah, and yeah. I remember being angry if I input the code incorrectly, which happened quite a few times. Yeah. Oh man. Um. All right. So let's uh let's move on to its music because. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, Chrono Trigger is also like my favorite game of all time, and so <laughs> and I am really biased on video game music or music in general. I I think a great game needs to have great sound, and so don't judge me by my intro music. But um, <laughs> but Chrono Trigger has like I think probably the best soundtrack I've ever heard. Right. Yeah, bar none. I'd say it kind of set the standard for me. For, for soundtracks after that. And yeah, you have great ones using the same technology, like on Secret of Mana, that had an amazing soundtrack. It was also MIDI, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just did so much with it. You can't really fault them for for using MIDI or anything like that. It was what needed to be done, but it was... Like, I still remember the tracks perfectly, <laughs> even ones that I haven't heard in 20 years. It's so good. I, I mean, I've heard it, like, last year, so... <laughs> but yeah, they're amazing. Um, what for? You've played a Chrono Cross, right? Right. It's been a long time now. It. I've played probably halfway through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do have every intention of finishing it, but I haven't yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you compare the two games? I, I mean, they share the same. I mean, title the same brand, but. Aside from that, they have they they're pretty different, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They try and go about the same things. The plot feels very linear, definitely for the first seventy five percent. And again, it's been a while since I played. Mm-hmm. But the the battle system felt amazing. Yeah. The the characters, there are so many different characters. It at some point actually detracted for me. But mm-hmm. It was still really fun choosing my team and and everything like that. The, I guess my main complaint was that the plot was just a little confusing and it wasn't very fun. Spoiler alert! It wasn't very fun for me to play as Links for that long. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, Chrono Cross, in terms of its plot, like if I've read like the plot, like what makes Chrono Cross's plot so good, and it's mm-hmm. really confusing. Like it's amazing. Like they. The um, is it Square or Square Enix? I I never know. Like back then, I think it was Square. It was Square, yeah. Square did a great job with Chrono Cross's story, but it is confusing, and it it's actually like pretty related to Chrono Trigger in some ways, but it's so hard to see, and all <laughs> like the developmental stuff and all the side quests and like all the like little characters you meet and stuff that like affect the overarching story. It's so subtle. But like in its own way, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, um, I, I really want to play it again. It just went like the plot went over my head when I played it. I was still kind of tiny. Yeah, I I was I've been playing it like the last two years, and I still don't know like what's going on. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again though, you were just talking about the music. The music in that game is phenomenal, also. Yeah, yeah. It not beautiful. as good as Trigger, but no, it's but, definitely up there. Yeah, they still did a great job with it. Um, so with uh, Chrono Trigger's graphics, we we've touched on Luminaire, and for mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know, uh, I guess the way I would describe Luminaire is 
it it's like this half it's like this dome right and then it kind of opens from the top and then dis- destroys noobs as it like opens <laughs> all the way but what makes it amazing is first of all it's kind of translucent it's green but you can see through it and then the way it the dome opens is like is like this frame perfect like computerized like animation frames if that makes sense and so like it it just it's so smooth and back then like nowadays like if you see those kind of graphics you're like oh you know like those are on tv shows all the time it's not that impressive but back then like i've literally never seen anything like it and like right yeah it's just next level <laughs> it was that and uh dark matter was also a bit oh man how can i forget <laughs> there were just so many there were so many cool things about that game the graphics they still hold up the art i think is is really what makes it it was just a such a unique style and they pulled it off yeah yeah um all right Last uh, last topic for Chrono Trigger because I I love Chrono Trigger so much. But uh, <laughs> what what do you think of the characters in the game? The characters, I uh, I go back and forth on Chrono. Mm-hmm. I I love his character design, just the way he looks, everything like that. He's cool. He's got red spiky hair and a sword. What can't you like about him? Right, right. But at the same time, I I'm not a huge fan of the silent protagonists. Hmm. and he doesn't have a whole lot of depth <laughs> not at all in fact the story just kind of ignores him <laughs> in, until he he's dead <laughs> um it's it's very much him just being one-dimensional mm-hmm. in, in this two-dimensional world yeah no pun intended he i'd say aside from him the characters are great and you learn a lot about magus and mm. He becomes one of the cooler characters. Just he he and, and Glenn Frog, whatever. Those two I think make up for the what Chrono's lacking. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Magus Mag oh man, Magus's backstory was a lot more intense than like I like initially anticipated. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really did like naming him uh his real name in a new game plus though. Him, uh, Frog, and, and Robo. I like to name him R66-Y. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always do that for Robo. <laughs> no, no. R66-Y doesn't sound good. What should we call him? <laughs> How about I... R66-Y, bitch? <laughs> I got it. R66-Y. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. <laughs> yeah. Um... We're a little, little bit of spoilers, but uh, I get Robo is personally my favorite um, character, surprisingly. Really? Um, yeah, he... Because when you meet him, he, he's a robot, if you guys can <laughs> guess. And um, and you're kind of thinking, like, oh, like, um, you know, it's... Robo is, like, a robot. Like, you know, he can do things that's cool. But then, like, as you get to know him longer in your party, and, like, he does more things, like... As you become attached to him, like, the pacing of the story, like, Robo becomes more attached to you. And, like, he starts developing, like, emotions, which is kind of weird. But, like, but like in some weird, like, robotic programming loyalty, like, he has that for your party. And, like, you really kind of, like, feel for him as, a, as an emotional being, even though he's technically just a robot. But I think it's, like, a really cool concept. Yeah, he does have... He has a pretty good storyline, too. Mm-hmm. You're right. Of course I'm right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trevor. What do we have next in your top three games? Mm, okay. I'll, um, I'll, I'll go chronologically okay. and say okay. my next favorite is Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, whichever one you want to call it. The one for the Dreamcast. And now iOS, actually, and Steam. Really? I did not know it's on mobile. It is. I mean, okay, even though it's my second favorite game, I'm going to jump right in and tell you what I don't like about it. Okay. They did not do the controls well. <laughs> on, on Dreamcast, it was tolerable. Mm. On iOS, it is awful. Just, uh, they use a virtual joystick yes. on iOS. Uh. Yeah, 
And I mean, I've seen virtual joysticks that work well. The world ends with you, which is an amazing game also, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it, it is amazing, guys. Yeah. Um, they, they do it well. They have a good virtual joystick. Um, this, the Jet Set Radio one was, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible to work with in, in a game that really requires it. Mm. It feels like that's something they should have spent more time on. Okay, well, uh, Jet Set Radio and uh, I guess Jet Grind Radio, I have not uh, played it very much. I played it a little bit uh, mm-hmm. back when we were both in, uh, when we were actually both roommates together. You uh, <laughs> introduced me to this uh, to this punk kind of crazy style game. But, uh, <laughs> I think, but, yeah, that's a, a good way to, to summarize it is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater with a lot of style. <laughs> yeah. It's just... I, okay, so one of my favorite things about games um, is when they can just create this atmosphere and bring you into this world that is so vastly different from the world we live in. Yeah. And it really just... Everything about Jet Set Radio immerses you in it. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a very serious immersion. In fact, the plot, if you are to follow the plot, <laughs> is so outlandish. But at the same time... Very serious. So I'll, I'll kind of go over a summary for, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. You take the role of a skater gang, uh, like rollerblade sort of skaters, mm-hmm. in Tokyo Toe, which is just Tokyo pretty much, mm-hmm. but fictional, <laughs> so they don't get sued or anything. Um, and you're against other rival gangs who are marking your territory. So you're going around just spray painting. Mm, the entire okay. game is you messing around with graffiti, just spray okay. painting things. Mm-hmm. But there's also this secret organization who's building up this massive tower and collecting this golden record that has magical powers, right? Okay, okay. So so that's the overarching plot. Mm-hmm. You're trying to stop them while you're defending your turf. But you're getting chased around by people with guns. You are every level getting shot at. <laughs> you don't fight them. At most, you can knock them down and spray paint them. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you just need to run because they're going to shoot you. And there are people who have rocket launchers. There are helicopters that are called in. It's so all so crazy. Like wow. you hear the the radio comms. They're like, oh, you know, they're they're at the bus terminal. Send in the choppers. And then all of a sudden, these missiles flying at you, and you're skating away. And it's <laughs> so crazy because you're spray painting as you're skating, mm. and everything feels so chaotic. But at the same time, they take this very serious, dangerous world, and they make it fun. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the way they do that is with this this really light atmosphere. They take the graphics, which are, back at the time, it was pretty new doing the cell shading thing. So it's, it's all cell shaded, oh. and it looks great. Everything's bright, everything's beautiful. It's all very clear because it, it looks cartoony. It does. I, I'm looking at the images right now. It's a very... Uh... It's, yeah, it's a very cartoony, lighthearted kind of style that they're kind of giving off. And they take that lighthearted thing to the next level with, with the animations and the music especially. The music in this game was, again, perfect. Mm-hmm. They just found the right tracks. It, all, it was all very lighthearted, kind of like an electronica ska. Nice. And it doesn't sound like it would fit right off the bat but if you look at the graphics and if you look at the gameplay it's just the two go together so well and i can't imagine playing jet set radio without audio it's one of those games where i it like i have to be listening now nice. even if i'm in bed i'll go and i'll get my headphones or something and i'll just plug in and i'll relax with it nice nice i think um yeah i'm super big on video game audio i think that part of especially like the immersion that you're talking about like being part of the world like not only do you have to hear the sound but the sound that they give you has to has to really fit into the environment that they're giving off and it's not every game can do it as well as the way you're describing Jet Set Radio yeah it's it's again kind of like Chrono Trigger where they just they take the the mechanics and they blend it in so well with everything else they take the plot and the audio, and they all fit this beautiful theme, and then they just weave them together. Nice. So you have characters where, even though they're getting shot at, chased around, things like that, if you just stand there idle, 
mm-hmm. they'll start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all so lighthearted in such a serious world. Yeah, it's it's fun. And then of course, if you if you haven't played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or something like that, mm-hmm. it's it's similar in the sense that. You run around, and while you're escaping these things, you you can do tricks. You can grind on rails. You can jump over things, do flips, and they're giving you points the whole time. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the stage, you either fail or you win, and you get a grade. And your grade depends on how quickly you completed it and the tricks that you did during it. Mm-hmm. I see, I see. So um, let's talk about like the gameplay a little bit. Um, okay. The... So it's a roller skating game. And <laughs> I assume it's uh like you know fast paced and you know lighthearted. So you got like a little more upbeat kind of thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really big on the when you're playing a game like the feel of it, right? Immersion, um, like feeling like you're doing what the game wants you to do, or mm-hmm. you know like um, wants you to feel, I guess. And so, how does uh, Jet Set Radio uh, perform in terms of like how it feels? The uh, the gameplay is a little bit unforgiving if you go back and you play it now, especially with the bad controls. Mm. Uh, I'd say that's its biggest flaw. But as far as the difficulty goes, it takes you from being a beginner and getting chased around by cops with handguns <laughs> and, and jumping from like small car to larger car seamlessly all the way to you know like climbing a building by grinding up rails and then spray painting something that's spinning on the top. And you don't even realize that you're getting this good at the game. Because, because each level is actually, like, it it does pretty well teaching you the, the basics and then the intermediates <laughs> and the advanced techniques while you're skating along. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Game progression is, like, super important, too. It's a, a, There are some levels that don't fit extremely well. In fact... The American version of the Dreamcast game has these two levels that are just kind of inserted into the middle, okay. where the difficulty just does not match at all. <laughs> so you have one that's really easy, and then the next one is really annoying. <laughs> really fun once you get the hang of the game, but mm. at that stage of the game, is awful. So, I mean, aside from that, the pacing is great, and it makes you feel like you're... I mean, <laughs> as as much as you can, it makes you feel like you're a cell shaded rollerblader. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And there's a sequel to this game. I know we talked about Chrono Cross with Chrono Trigger. Jet Set Radio Future is the sequel for this. It was on Xbox. I think just Xbox. Okay. And uh, it has the I... same visual style, same audio mm-hmm, style mm-hmm. also. But they took away one of my favorite features, which was... The um, the skill factor when it came to spray painting things. So okay. in the original game, you have designated places where you're supposed to spray paint, like over the, your enemies' marks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And to do that, you need to collect, collect, <laughs> sorry, collect <laughs> enough spray paint cans, mm-hmm. stand in front of it, and then it'll give you a bunch of like a input, not symbols, like a patterns to do with your joystick. So there might be one that tells you to go clockwise half a circle and then counterclockwise half a circle okay yeah and that's how you do one section of it and maybe there are eight sections so it keeps giving you all these prompts and you have to go along with it Mm -hmm. and you have a rhythm and if you take too long then maybe somebody's going to shoot you or you'll break your rhythm something like that and you'll mess up okay (laughs) really fun actually Mm -hmm. and they they ease you into that in the game also but in Jet Set Radio Future that doesn't happen at all you just go up you press a button and it's the spray paint button oh and you finish it, and it's done, and it it lets you, I guess, it lets them keep the game at a faster pace, but it also takes away that that exciting, I'm standing here vulnerable spray painting, doing these cool techniques while people are <laughs> running after me and getting ready to shoot me. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I would imagine um, with a game like Jet Set Radio, where it's, you know, fast-paced, like, adrenaline-filled, and you're, you know, you're running away, constantly moving, and then all of a sudden, you know, you stop and you're doing these patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of imagining, like, a, almost like a DDR kind of setting, where, like, you know, right, yeah. you're hearing, like, uh, like, lighthearted, like, upbeat music, and you're, like, kind of, like, trying to, like, do all, input all these codes as, you know, 
people are like uh you know closing closing in on you and you're just yeah. and it, like you feel like you feel like um you're really good at the game when you do it well mm-hmm. and you know when you screw up you're like oh you know I could have done better it's not like oh you know this <laughs> game is frustrating right it's like you know definitely uh something that adds a little bit more depth to the game yeah and they're they're strategies for going around spray painting too of course if you lead the enemies over to where you're supposed to be spray painting you're gonna have a hard time with it because you need to stand still and they're not gonna let you do that oh okay strategy so so you you know you can kind of bait them somewhere else and then make a break for this spray paint thing and try and finish it really quickly and they actually do this really cool thing where in the middle of the spray painting Mm -hmm. they they pull the camera away and show the closest enemy if they're oh. getting close. So it kind of gives you that that fun sort of stress, which in a game where you're being chased around for the entirety of it is <laughs> kind of something you have to enjoy. Right, right. Yeah. I call it adrenaline. It is <laughs> adrenaline, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I should uh I should try this game. <laughs> it's fun. It I'd say instead of the game being challenging, the controls are challenging. Okay. For for the first half at least. Once you get into the later game, though, and you get a feel for the controls, there's actually more depth to it, and there is some replayability. You can go around collecting things in every level, and there are high scores, Mm. of which you can try and beat, uh, for me, if we're friends on Game Center. Um, So the sequel, Jet Grind Radio, right? Uh, So Jet Grind Radio is the same as Jet Set Radio. They renamed it for the States. Uh, Okay, okay. Uh, What's the sequel called? Do you know? Jet Set Radio Future. Oh, uh, okay. And um, for Jet Set Radio Future, uh, do you know, are the are the controls any better, or the gameplay? They, they did a better job with the controls. The gameplay is... It's different. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. Mm. It's more fast-paced, since you don't have to stop for any anything like a spray painting. Right. But they, they took that, and they did a good job adapting to that. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll probably stick with Jet Set Radio and see uh, see the progression between the two games. It's a lot harder to go from future to normal than it is to go from normal to future. So if you're gonna if you're gonna play them both, start with the uh, the original. Get gotcha. into the world. There is actually some carryover with the characters too. Okay, it's awesome. All right, Trevor, and for the third game. So for the third game, it's a, <laughs> as I was talking about the second one, I kind of realized this is a little bit similar. I'm going with Mirror's Edge. <laughs> you know, I, as you were talking about Jet Set Radio, all, <laughs> all I could think about was, man, this game really reminds me of Mirror's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we, I, think, uh, I think we as an audience uh, and, and, you know, me, I think we kind of have an understanding of, you know, what you like about games. But uh, but please describe uh, Mirror's Edge for us. Okay, so Mirror's Edge is, uh, I'll go with the plot. The plot is, I'd say par, maybe a little bit subpar. But the thing is, it does not matter because the <laughs> gameplay, the style, and the music are all perfect. Again, mm-hmm. everything about it is just amazing. So, you play as this girl named Faith, and she's what's called a runner. And in this world of, you know, like kind of the Orwellian 1984 sort of thing, this this future, dystopian future, yep. where everything's under surveillance, these runners are the ones to carry sensitive information physically across the city via parkour on the rooftops, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which <laughs> sounds awesome and is awesome. <laughs> and so they take this this idea of you running around on the rooftops, and they translate it into something that actually feels possible. <laughs> <laughs> they they let you go with this training course where within five minutes you are jumping over like a, over roofs, you're sliding across zip lines, you're <laughs> jumping over fences, and you're rolling, and you're, you're doing everything you would see in these parkour videos on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And the plot, like I said, it progresses. It does its thing. There's cool animations. Doesn't matter because you get to do awesome parkour, <laughs> <laughs> and you feel awesome when you play it. Um. So what? What's like the style of the game? I'd say the style of the game is taking what 
Okay, so I have a hard time describing what it is. I'd say it's a platformer, mm-hmm. but yep. every time I say first person, my mind just goes towards first person shooter because that's all we know. Right. But really, your best bet is to not fight in this game. It's just like Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Radio. You're going to get chased around. You're going to get shot at. That's your Your goal isn't to kill the people following you. Your goal is to, you know, get to point B mm-hmm. and not die on the way, <laughs> yeah. which I think is amazing. I think it's it's kind of revolutionary that there's a game where it's first person and there's people coming at you with guns and... You do not want to be anywhere near them. <laughs> so, um, I guess I'll just kind of jump into how they do that. Yeah, yeah. The um, Again, the controls are a little bit hard to get used to, but once you get used to the controls, you kind of feel like you're in control of faith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can duck, you can jump, you can punch, you can roll, you can turn around quickly... And once you kind of feel like you, you know how, <laughs> how to control each part of that, then the immersion really starts. Mm-hmm. And you find yourself in this world that, you know, it's a semi-modern game, so the graphics are pretty good. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go into that later. But the graphics are good enough that you kind of feel like you're actually a vulnerable parkouring runner. Yeah. Jumping from roof to roof. That could die at any moment if you screw up. And you will. And you will die so many times. <laughs> you'll jump from one roof expecting to land on a pipe midway. And you'll miss that pipe and you will fall horribly. <laughs> and they let you feel that stress of falling. <laughs> they blast that wind into your speaker. And they let you see her putting her hands out flailing yeah. and as she hits the concrete and they give you that sound effect when she hits the concrete too <laughs> the um so i've played mirror's edge um actually because of you <laughs> uh i played through it and when you're dying which i've i've died way too many times but um when you're dying and especially falling they did a great job with i guess the gravity system because mm-hmm. as you're falling um, they really like speed up your fall, and so you really feel like you're like the oh I am so screwed right now as you're <laughs> just going straight for the concrete on the ground. It, it is a uh, slightly terrifying experience, and I think that just goes to show how well they immerse you in it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean dying. I don't want you to think that the game is bad because you die a lot. Dying is part of the game. It's a puzzle platformer, I'd say. Yeah, and so a lot of the time you figure out. <laughs> by trial and error, whether going in a certain direction will work or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just get shot when you try it. Sometimes you get hit by a train. Sometimes you fall off a building. There are many different ways to die, and all of it is part of the fun. Yeah. And they give you a lot of uh, really good checkpoints, so don't feel like you have to like grind the first part of the same level over and over again. Oh, that's very true. They're very forgiving. Yeah. Um, I think for me, so... What I like about Mirror's Edge, and it's pretty much uh, reiterating what you're saying, but I really like the freedom of the game. And um, when I say freedom, I mean the freedom of like your character, like the movement, the things you're able to do, and how you feel as a parkour. Because um, you really do feel like like this awesome parkour runner, where you're running and cops are like shooting bullets at you, and you're you're running and you see bullets like whizzing by your face and like going like past your body and you're like wow like I I feel really cool because I'm like <laughs> you know in, inadvertently dodging bullets and like running like you know pretty fast and like doing all these crazy tricks like all while st- dodging things <laughs> and um and the options they give you like sliding running jumping like wall jumping climbing um and like all sorts of things it. They did a great job of um, merging everything together so it's one fluid kind of um, motion rather than like a clunky um, like control, right? Like you, you really mm-hmm. feel like you're just doing everything like seamlessly together. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, in the game they call it flow and you, you kind of feel it. Once you, once you start playing, you know if you land poorly yeah. because you stop running. And like you can, you can hear Faith kind of make a little bit of a groan. 
screen flashes red very subtly, and you know you screwed up. <laughs> what you could have done was maybe roll, and I think that's kind of the theme, is that even when you die, there's always, like, there's something that you get out of it. You think, oh, you know, I could have done this differently, I could have done this differently, and then <laughs> after the many times you die, it's so much more rewarding to actually pull off that combo you were imagining. Yeah. And it's it's pretty... It's a pretty empowering game, I'd say. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think in terms of its gameplay, though, uh, what I... Yeah, okay. What I dislike about it, and mm-hmm. I would say what I dislike about it was something that the game designers um, like thought of um, purposefully. But I wished the game world itself was more of like an open world kind of setting right um, just because like you know you're in this like this great like this grand like urban city with like tons of people and like vehicles and stuff and it'd be like a really great concept to just like jump over cars and kind of do whatever you want while like you know going into missions and stuff right but mm-hmm. but the way the game was designed was through levels and a very mm, more a m- mostly linear path yeah i would um, say Almost fully linear. There, I, like there are small branches where you can kind of choose how you want to go up the building, but you still have to go up the building. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, the weakness of the game is also its strength. Um, and so, because you're forced to say uh, go across these certain pipes, you would think, oh, you know, it's really boring because all I have to do is, uh, you know, climb the pipe and then run across and. You know, wow, you know, why is that fun? Because I just do the same thing over and over again. <laughs> but the game just said, here's some pipes. You can do what you want, and maybe what you want isn't the only option. And so as you play the game more and realize what all your options are, all of a sudden you can, like, slide under the pipes or, like, go around the pipes and do a different path or climb the pipes or just, like, jump over the whole thing. And then it really in a way, becomes kind of not linear, even though you are still going across the same path. Mm-hmm. They, do, they do a great job of making you feel like you're choosing your own path. And I think that just goes to show it's, it's great game design, because in all of its stress, and there's a lot of stress, <laughs> yes. where you're getting shot at, and you're running for your life, and you're inches away from death, and you have to make split-second decisions, they, they do a pretty good job at guiding you without feeling like Without you feeling like you're being guided. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess that plays into the art style of the game. It's very, um, not complex. They, they pre-rendered everything, so all of the all of the textures have been uh, light mapped already, and it's, mm-hmm. it runs really well for how it looks. Yeah, yeah, it really does. But the, like all the color design really lends itself to guiding you in the right direction without you realizing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all very subtle in a very chaotic, very <laughs> um, motionful game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, speaking of like guiding you through the game, one thing that's really cool and I really liked about the game was if you go in the wrong direction, like out of bounds... It's um they didn't they didn't stick to the whole invisible wall thing like you know <laughs> oh I can't go through the street because you know there's like this invisible wall they because there's people constantly chasing you if you go past the quote unquote invisible wall point you'll just die by bullets and <laughs> and it like it feels like sometimes when I go past the invisible wall I'm like was I supposed to go this way or did I just die because I suck and like <laughs> it really can go either way and. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, they make it somewhat obvious because right when you pass the point, you just get slaughtered by bullets. But <laughs> at the same time, it does feel kind of seamless. Like, oh, you know, um, I just going this way just makes me more vulnerable to bullets. And, you know, I shouldn't go this way. But, like, <laughs> it, it felt nice because it wasn't, like, me just running to a, a wall I can't see. Right. It didn't break the immersion. Right. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Good job, Trevor. <laughs> And and then to uh, to kind of talk about what we talked about for the other two games, the the sound design was again just really well done. Mm-hmm. Their their soundtrack was really cool. I listened to it almost on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's done by Solar Fields, which is kind of this 
chill electronic artist. And the music fits well. It's it's pretty. It's it doesn't have too many electronica mm-hmm. noises in it, but it, it gets the emotion across. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then all the sound effects just fit in very well. Like you can hear the wind rushing past you when you're running quickly. You can hear the bullets whizzing past your ear, and you can hear Faith crumbling when she hits the the, the pavement from <laughs> twenty stories up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, how is the plot of the story? I know we kind of went over it a little bit, but, um, you know. Yeah, it's a little weak. I feel like they, they told it in kind of two different sections. There's one while you're playing the game, and it's always first person while you're playing, up until, I think, the final cutscene. Um, yeah, so it's either told in first person or in these, uh, between mission animated segments. Yeah. And between the missions is when you really get the most information out of it. The game kind of kicks off where Faith, her sister, who is a cop, gets set up um, by murdering the soon-to-be-elected perfect mayor yeah. in this corrupt city. And so as, as the sister of this uh, framed cop you want to not only free your sister from from being sent to jail or executed or whatever, but you also want to find out who who assassinated this guy, who is actually behind it, who wants to put your sister behind bars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what's going on. And the way you do that is you you run around. <laughs> and and you, you listen to people and you fight people and you, you just, I mean... I hate to say it again, but you run a lot. It's always about running and getting to the next place and finding out that you need to run somewhere new. <laughs> what What's, like, really cool about the game is that it takes, like, <laughs> the simplest concept in the world, <laughs> running, and makes it really cool. Like, when you first... Like, if I were to describe the game, like, someone's like, oh, what's Mirror's Edge? It's like, oh, you know, you're Faith, a runner, and you run, like, the whole time. And it's like, oh, that's like, okay, but they made it awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. They did. It's Okay, so when when I say parkour game, a lot of the reactions I get is, oh, you know, like Assassin's Creed. Oh, and really? The, the first thing I can say is not at all. You kind <laughs> of feel like Assassin's Creed. In Assassin's Creed, you can run up to a building and just hold down the jump button, and your character will find a way to climb it. Hmm. And it's boring. You can... <laughs> you can go up doors, windows. You can just scale the side of a building without even thinking, because your person will find a way. It's all done. It's all automated, pretty much. In Mirror's Edge, you get to the side of a building, and you look up it, and you think, "How am I going to get up this thing?" Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's a ledge that I might be able to jump to from that box over there, or there's a pipe where if I wall jump, I'd be able to reach that. Yeah. And then yeah. swing to another pipe, and you have to plan your route. And even after you plan your route, and you see the the course you want to take it's still difficult to pull it off <laughs> and it the, the pacing of the game is is good enough that you never feel like it's an impossible task you never feel like i'm incapable of doing this at this point in the game mm-hmm. it's more like this will take me a few tries but it's going to feel great when i do it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. uh I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, the I just uh, I just um uh, I can't remember. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the game is um really cool. What if you guys wanted to play it? Uh, what system is it for? I think you can play it on PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, or the computer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the game came out in two thousand. Seven, no, 2008. Yes, it was announced in 2007. The game count came out in 2008, so that's seven years ago. But uh, the game did not age like at all. It um, it did a great job of keeping its style, and it it's smooth as butter. <laughs> it is, yeah. the The graphics still hold up because the the pre rendering they did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The um the music 
course, that can't go out of style. But I think that's kind of the theme of all the games that we've talked about, is they all have this this unique style, and they take what was given to them, and they run with it, and they adapt to it. Yeah. And they yeah. make it work perfectly. Yeah. It, um, like, uh, my, yeah, my friends have played, like, who've never played Chrono Trigger growing up, and then they play it now. Like, some of them were, like, blown away, and then some of them just, you know, don't appreciate the timeless arts. But <laughs> <laughs> but all three of these games that we described tonight, um, because of they, to me, they're all timeless. And it's not because, you know, like, they have graphics that are ready for the future, but because everything that they did was stylized and mixed so well together that it doesn't really matter what era you're, you live in, but the style and, like, the immersion will kind of always be there because it was designed, like, so fluidly together. Well said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, those are uh, your top three games? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Those um, were some solid choices. I, I, yeah, I really like um, your choices. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they... I like that um, you kind of had like a like a thing that kind of you know matched with all three games. So you know that's it's pretty cool. <laughs> my, my I think my top games just aren't like related at all. So <laughs> that's fine too. And it, I have so many contenders for top three, yeah. and a lot of them don't feel that similar. So yep. maybe it was just coincidence, and maybe it's just my. <laughs> my mood this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let me tell you guys, uh, when I have my guests over, I do tell them beforehand that they're going to do top three, so these are not easy choices at all. No. Um, they, these are just games that they, that, you know, the guests decided on, you know, just depending on the situation and stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm sure that if I could talk to, to these guys about, you know, the next three games, you know, it would, it could continue on, but we, we might right. do it in another episode. You never know. <laughs> never know. I'd be up for that. I already have another top three. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, but I think for tonight, um, this is a good conclusion for episode two. Um, Trevor, do you have any last words for the peeps? No? Have fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so enjoy the game, guys. And this is NPC Talk here with Trevor. And my name is Chris. And uh, have a good night, guys. <laughs>